The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Ready, set, go! And the truth shall set you free! Welcome to One Life Radio. We are going higher indeed, everyone. Welcome to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and Marie Early. We are broadcasting live here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Hey, you guys, we've got an exciting show today. Yes, we do. I'm so psyched, so pumped up. I know you you guys are, too. We've got Dr. Robert Malone with us. I'm just going to introduce him right out of the gate so we can get as much conversation in as we can during this hour, this upcoming hour here on iHeartMedia and KMET. The future of mRNA vaccines is what we're talking about with Dr. Robert Malone. He is an internationally recognized scientist and is the original inventor of mRNA vaccination. DNA vaccination and multiple nonviral DNA and RNA mRNA delivery technologies. He holds numerous fundamental domestic and foreign patents in the fields of gene delivery, delivery formulations and vaccines, including DNA and RNA, mRNA vaccines. His expertise includes virology, immunology, molecular biology, pathology, and pharmacology, scientifically trained at UC Davis and UC San Diego, as well as the Salk Institute Molecular Biology and Virology Laboratories. Dr. Malone received his medical training at Northwestern University, uh, his MD, and at Harvard University Clinical Research Postgraduate Fellowship Medical Schools, and in pathology at UC Davis. He is currently finishing up his board certification as a board-certified medical affairs specialist. Dr. Malone has approximately 100 peer-reviewed publications and published abstracts, and has about 12,000 citations of his peer-reviewed publications as verified by Google scholar. He is the author of the Wall Street Journal best-selling book, Lies My Government Told Me and The Better Future Coming, a guide that breaks down the lies about COVID-19 and sheds light on why we came to believe them. His website is maloneinstitute.org. That's maloneinstitute.org. You can also find Dr. Malone on Substack, uh, X, which is now, of course, oh, the old Twitter, Truth Social Gab Getter and his uh, his. Um, what do you call that? His handle. <laughs> His handle is at R.W. Malone, M.D. That's at R.W. Malone, M.D. Such an honor and a pleasure. Dr. Malone, welcome to One Life Radio. Well, thanks. I'm already exhausted. I think I need another <laughs> cup of coffee after that venture. I know. I'm so psyched up. I get very excited at interviews like this. And because this is something, you know, that we have been watching and listening to. And all of us, everyone out there listening has been through a lot in the last nearly four years now. And thank you for joining us on One Life Radio. So will you explain to us, Dr. Malone, mRNA technology and what you intended it to be used for when you discovered it in 1987? So uh, the work I was doing at the SALT was asking basic questions about how RNA gets assembled into retroviruses. And to ask those questions, I had to develop various technologies uh, having to do with manufacturing the RNA at scale, um, purifying it, and delivering it into cells. And once I'd done that, since I was working in a gene therapy lab, 
I realized that I'd stumbled onto the founding of really non-viral gene therapy technology. And then the question was, what can you possibly do with it? Because it actually doesn't work that well Mm -hmm. compared to what the real need is if you wanted to cure cystic fibrosis or muscular dystrophy. And I had a background in vaccinology from uh, UC Davis uh, going back to the earliest days of the HIV outbreak and uh, also in influenza vaccines. And I thought, oh, if we could use gene therapy for vaccine purposes and specifically mRNA, which as a regular molecule has a very short half-life, then we could potentially make use of these discoveries that I made. And so those were the invention disclosures and uh, that's how it all came about basically was um, trying to make lemonade out of lemons. Wow. Fascinating stuff, and I'm sitting here as I'm listening to you after reading your bio. How many hours would you guess that you have spent in a laboratory in your lifetime? I'm just kind of <laughs> curious more than anything. I have no way to calculate it. Uh, <laughs> let's see, it's, it's probably, you know, 10 years times uh, often 60 hours a week mm. uh, wow. with very little vacation um, doing straight lab work. Wow. Uh, so, um, and then... After that, it's supervising and writing grants and contracts and, and uh, um, guiding other people and, and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. for the last 30-plus years. I guess it's moving on to 40 years. I'm getting old. Wow. <laughs> Me too. Right there with you. Um, but, uh, you know, the past several years has been tumultuous, to say the least, for, so, for everyone, really, across the whole world. Can you walk us through the events or circumstances that led you to publicly speak out against the COVID-19 vaccine and the mRNA technology that you discovered? Yeah, the key event... I'm often asked this question. The key event was a telephone call with a uh, Canadian physician, frontline physician, who was asking my help to try to intervene with Canadian regulatory authorities, which, frankly, I don't have uh, good context there. I could have helped him with the FDA. And what he told me about was all of the various things that were going on in Canada. Of course, now we've seen that Canada's really gone overboard. Mm -hmm. But uh, with the COVID jabs, they were breaching well-developed medical ethics really right out of the box, right out of the gate. They were enticing children with ice creams. They were suppressing physician reports of adverse events. Uh, They were, of course, coercing and compelling through mandates people to take these products. And I listened to them and with the the conversation went on until midnight and i and i ended up saying ira i don't know what i can do for you uh but let me think on it and i woke up in the morning and i said re, said to my wife hey you know what we could do is we could write a paper on the bioethics of this oh wow yeah. and how wrong they are i remember that and i think that was that was the first one and uh it once i'd done that it's like i crossed the rubicon mm-hmm. uh, i became the enemy uh the attack started Uh, and uh, it was in for a penny, in for a pound. And the next big event was uh, when Steve Kirsch asked me to be on the Brett Weinstein podcast, Ah. on that famous podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, How to Save the World in Three Easy Steps, I think Mm -hmm. was the title, which got uh, Brett uh, demonetized from YouTube, got Steve Kirsch kicked off of his company by his board of directors, and uh, 
Um, at the time, they had speculated that it would completely destroy my ability to get the Nobel Prize for anything that I did. Mm -hmm. uh, I personally, I don't think I was in the queue. Uh, you know, they, they're, I'm, I'm not political and I don't have a big institution behind me or a big pharma company, but be that as it may, uh, it certainly played out the way that Brett predicted it. Mm -hmm. I'm very familiar with both of them, especially Steve Kirsch. I actually get his newsletter in my in my feed, uh, and yeah, he's a he he's a, a brilliant man. And so, you know, you you have to wonder, you know, what anybody out there listening when you've got all these brilliant men that are you know that are calling and this women. Out, and women, too. Yes, thank you so much. Well, I just was using this circumstance with those two men. Certainly, I'm a huge proponent of women uh, and all of their scientific endeavors as well. But, you know, um, yeah, this is this is something that's that you, you, you can't ignore. It's like the big elephant in the room, right, uh, especially among scientists and this type of um, uh, discourse that's been happening now for four years over this mRNA vaccine. Yeah, I keep... I keep expecting them to back down and, uh, you know, say something along the lines of, we need a Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Remember that Atlantic Monthly article? Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and we just need to, to all admit mistakes were made and, and we're going to forgive each other and move forward. Uh, but they don't do that. They are totally doubling down and tripling down on the propaganda and the whole side war thing. Uh, to try to cover up their misdeeds. It's, it is fascinating to watch. Mm -hmm. it is. Are there any other types of backlashes that you experienced or faced, and how difficult was it to continue to speak publicly against your own discovery? Well, like I said, it's been kind of in for a penny, in for a pound. Uh, once I crossed the Rubicon and all the attacks started, I had nothing left to lose. Uh, there was no reason not to speak out. And plus, it was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I've always been very, you know, I'm deeply trained in bioethics and always have had a personal commitment to honesty and integrity. And uh, um, what was surprising was that people started listening to me and I got this platform. And then once that happened uh, and all the attacks that came with it, uh, then I, I felt the need to make good use of it. Uh, you know, when you have, oh, you know, really across all platforms, over two, two million followers and the Substack hits about half a million a day readers, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's a responsibility. You probably feel that in radio, oh, too. Uh, oh, I'm, I love that you use that word because it is a responsibility. It is. And, you know, when you when you mentioned uh, honesty and integrity, and I'm looking at your book, uh, Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming, the foreword was written by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who I have had the honor and pleasure of watching him speak twice in the last 48 hours. I'm still high from it, actually. It was such a great experience to just here's somebody in politics or in government, uh, you know, just really talk about what's really going on uh, honestly and openly. And um, I wish you could have been there. It was wonderful. I'm getting the signal that we have to go to break. So we're going to go to break, but we will be right back. Everyone stay tuned. Stay right where you are. We'll be back with Dr. Robert Malone. He is the author. He's an sci incredible scientist as well as the author of Lies My Government Told Me and The Better Future Coming. Stay tuned, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at OneLifeRadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, Parakeet. <laughs> 
We've all heard the mantra that vaccines are safe and effective, but is it really true? Turtles All the Way Down, Vaccine Science and Myth is an in-depth review and analysis of the science on vaccine safety. By the time you finish reading, not only will you see the answer clearly for yourself, you will also have the scientific references and quotes at your disposal that prove it. More than 1,200 of them. From mainstream scientific papers and textbooks to official government publications and vaccine manufacturers' documents. Whether you are new to the vaccine debate or a veteran seeking a deeper grasp of the science, Turtles All the Way Down Vaccine Science and Myth is a must-read. Now available on Amazon. For more than a decade and a half, John Hewlett has been on a journey to share the miracle of nitric oxide, bioavailable vitamin D3, and other essential vitamins and nutrients with the world. His focused research and study during those years inspired him to create Cardio Miracle, formulated with over 50 of the finest ingredients, working in synergy to support optimal sustained levels of nitric oxide. Visit CardioMiracle.com to read John's amazing story, and learn about the health benefits of nitric oxide. That's CardioMiracle.com. For your heart, for your health. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Dr. Robert Malone is continuing with us on our broadcast live from Dallas, Texas, on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. If you're just now joining us, Dr. Robert Malone is an internationally recognized scientist and is the original inventor of mRNA vaccination, DNA vaccination, and multiple nonviral DNA and RNA. AMRNA delivery technologies. He holds numerous fundamental domestic and foreign patents in the fields of gene delivery, delivery uh, formulations, and vaccines, including DNA, RNA, mRNA vaccines. His expertise includes vi- vir- virology, immunology, molecular biology, pathology, and pharmacology. And he is the author. I mean, his, your, you are, your, your bio is so impressive, Dr. Malone, but you're also the author of the Wall Street Journal bestselling book, Lies My Government Told Me, and The Better Future Coming. So a guide that breaks down the lies about COVID-19 and sheds light on why we came to believe them. Uh, his website is maloneinstitute.org that's maloneinstitute.org or on social you can find him at substack x true uh, truth social gab getter at w excuse me rw malone md that's rw malone md and you know right before the break you brought up the nobel prize and so uh, the nobel prize and physiology or medicine was just awarded to uh Catalin Karaoke uh, and Drew Wiseman for the discoveries concerning the nucleoside-based modification that enabled the development of effective mRNA vaccine against COVID-19. And so what were your thoughts when you heard that they had won this prestigious award, Dr. Malone? I was surprised because I had been told by a uh, close colleague who's a full professor at the Karolinska Institute, which manages the prize, and has sat on prior uh, selection committees uh, that um, they had already been evaluated their contributions um, back in uh, 2021. 
and that uh, the decision was that they really didn't merit a prize. They weren't that uh, significant. Uh, but uh, there's been a lot of water under the bridge since then, a major donation by Pfizer to the Karolinska. Mm. Uh, Karolinska also collaborates closely with Moderna. And uh, clearly the uh, Nobel Assembly uh, at Karolinska Institute decided to make this award, which was for the development of effective mRNA vaccines against COVID-19. Now we could, uh, I think most folks uh, would agree that there's a certain amount of uh, disagreement about whether or not they're effective uh, in, and uh, um, whether or not uh, Katie Carrico and Drew Weissman's contributions were actually the enabling ones that made these ones happen so quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, the, I would say that what really made these vaccines happen so quickly was Operation Warp Speed and the willingness to suspend normal procedure. And that's illustrated by the Sputnik vaccines from Russia, mm -hmm. for instance, that had the same timeline because they also suspended norms, international norms. Mm -hmm. uh, and furthermore, there's three main companies in this space, CureVac, Moderna, and BioNTech Pfizer. And by the way, they're all uh, suing each other right now. Oh, really? And, but all of them, only two of them use pseudouridine. Uh, they all, which is the Carrico and Weissman invention, they all generate good immune responses in humans, so you don't actually need the pseudouridine. But they also all use basically the same formulation technology for delivery. It was developed by a guy named Peter Cullis at the University of British Columbia, and that's the real enabling tech. Now, for me, I'm not, uh, I don't want to be given credit for developing these RNA vaccines against COVID-19. So in a way, it was kind of okay. Yeah. Because uh, um, I really... I wouldn't want to have my name associated with that, frankly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, Peter Cullis really got slighted here because the truth is, if there was somebody that, you know, decades and decades of hard work led to the breakthroughs that really enabled this, that would be Peter Cullis, not Carico and Weissman, in my opinion. But mm -hmm. I, I congratulate Katie and Drew and wish them the best, and I hope that this brings them happiness. Uh, often the Nobel is a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. uh, it can it can bring out a lot of competitive behavior and, and ugliness in other people. And uh, in my experience, and I've not known a lot of Nobel laureates, uh, often it doesn't really bring happiness uh, if you're somebody who is seeking external validation mm -hmm. uh, to get happiness. Mm -hmm. You know, I read an article in the Defender newsletter from the Children's Health Defense.org uh, about they, they, it was titled The Noble Lie. Dr. Scientist cry foul after Nobel Prize awarded to team whose research led to mRNA, mRNA COVID vaccine technology. And in that article, it says that the prize was awarded with hope that it would make hesitant people take the vaccine. Do you agree with that based on your insider is, knowledge? I mean, is, you have, you have. That is <laughs> absolutely what, I mean, that's the quote. That's straight out of uh, the comments from the uh, uh, Nobel, Committee, Nobel Committee. They also responded to a Chinese journalist who asked whether these were toxic and what the toxicity was. And they, they kind of hemmed and hawed for a while. And then they said, well, 
The only major toxicity is the myocarditis, and that just affects young males and it's transient. That's all not true, <laughs> but okay. that's what they said. <laughs> and so it, it leads to the, you know, it, it's, it's pretty obvious that this has a strong propaganda component to it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this is, so many people are arguing about, arguing about this. I was last night was even uh, I found someone sent me an article about Aaron Rodgers. I talk about him a lot. You know, he was one of the one of the people that was speaking out in the NFL and that uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Chiefs. Uh, I forget what position he plays. I should know that. But Travis Cleese um, is uh, that they want to have a debate. He Aaron Rodgers wants to have a debate with Cleese and uh, or Kelsey, Kelsey. Excuse me, I'm pronouncing it wrong. But um, but yeah, he's dating um, Taylor Swift. Taylor he's Swift, a spokesperson for Pfizer. But he's a spoke. Yeah. And so, what do you think about all that, Doctor Malone? Just curious. I, I, forgive <laughs> me, I haven't been following that. Uh, <laughs> You're not and, a football fan. I generally, you know, a debate between. Uh, Social influencers. Uh, I that that sounds just like a way to pump up uh, likes and followers and clicks yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't sound like anything. That, well, forgive me for not following it. Oh no, no. Uh, Someone I, said I also it. don't follow. Uh, I don't follow the Kardashians. All of this, <laughs> Neither well, do I. <laughs> Someone I, sent it to me last night, and I thought it was funny because I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan because he spoke out against the vaccine, and I think it's something that, you know, that needs discussing uh, big time, you know, like we're discussing right now. But manipulating ourselves, uh, it does have downsides. Well, remember that right at the outset, if you can reel back in your mind to 2020, all across the world, Social media influencers, comedians, singers, etc., were paid money to pump the vaccines, and uh, that's a big part of what of the propaganda effort that was deployed on all of us. It's it's uh, a psy war strategy, mm-hmm. and that, together with a lot of other types of of influence and manipulation of information, is what got us here in this position where we're all fighting with each other, but in uh, unable to actually discuss the data as it's coming out. And it's also what's been used to prevent us from having true informed consent. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a great series of articles from Zach Steiber of the elect uh, of, of uh, Epic times that lays out the timeline, for instance, of the knowledge of myocarditis within the government, particularly the CDC, particularly Rochelle Walensky, and how that was suppressed, that basically the likes of you and I weren't allowed to know the information that was already known within the government Mm -hmm. that might have caused some of us to become, here's those key words, vaccine hesitant. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so they didn't want us to become vaccine hesitant so they paid all these uh, influencers to pump it. Mm-hmm. Uh, who can ever forget uh, the various clips on late night comedy mm-hmm. oh, they yeah. were put out? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and all of this talk that uh, people that were not vaccinated were going to kill everybody else, mm-hmm. and they shouldn't. They should be denied medical treatment. They mm-hmm. should be put into concentration camps. Uh, it would be just as good if they would die. I mean, the things that were said were really ugly. Oh, yeah. I got um, death threats. Third party, but I did get them. You know, people 
saying what I was talking about on the air that um, I they hope I die, you know, stuff like that from COVID and just really awful stuff. But there oh, are consequences. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You've probably been accused of being a mass murderer. I certainly Oh, yeah. Have. Well, and a conspiracy oh theorist. I mean, you name it. But there are consequences of taking the mRNA vaccine. You alluded to it a minute ago when we were talking about the heart. I had something I pulled out here early this morning, something I saw on social about the consequences on the heart from the mRNA vaccine. Can we discuss that? Because so many people want to know what's really going on, Dr. Malone. Uh, sure. And I've written a couple substacks about that that provide this detailed information about what's currently known and when it was known by the government. Um, I, I, uh, um, so let's go. Let's talk about it. All right. Let's talk about it. So I found it. It says COVID vaccines damage all hearts study finds. And this was posted by a guy, the Jeff Nelson. Uh, he follows me on Instagram. He said a new scientific study by uh, Nakahara E.T. All uh, tested COVID vaccinated people to see if they have silent changes in the heart muscle function that standard ra- radiology test uh, could not detect or something. I only printed the top page, but let's talk about it. Yeah. So that's one of a number of studies that have, among other things, looked at these more subtle markers like cardiac troponin enzymes. Cardiac troponin enzymes are released when heart muscle cells are damaged. And there can be a lot of that enzyme or just a tiny amount of that enzyme. But normally, there's none of that enzyme in the blood. Mm -hmm. And when you do see it in the blood in laboratory tests, it means that heart muscle cells have basically died. They've been damaged. It's classically used to diagnose uh, um, heart attacks, but in this case, it's turned out to be one of the most sensitive markers of the damage to heart cells that's caused by the uh, both the uh, any of the vaccine products that have spike. Mm. So this includes Novavax. Uh, it includes the J and J vaccine. It includes the mRNA vaccines. Mm-hmm. All cause release of this enzyme, which is a marker for myocarditis. And uh, what the studies are showing is that uh, remembering that usually myocarditis is a clinical diagnosis. It means that you're so sick, your heart is so damaged, that it causes you to see a physician or a hospital. Um, but that that's at the far end of the spectrum of heart damage, that it's so severe that it makes you go to the hospital Mm -hmm. because you can't walk upstairs or you're short of breath or you're having chest pain or those kinds of things. Mm. But there's more subtle signs. And so these more subtle tests are being done before and after inoculation. I hesitate to call them vaccines because they don't prevent infection, replication, spread, death, or disease. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't prevent any of those things. But uh, what's been done is to test before and after receiving these. And in the majority, if not all patients uh, that receive these mRNA products, there are detectable levels of cardiac troponin enzymes and other signs of heart cell damage. Mm -hmm. And the question is, um, what, what does that mean clinically? Because you can detect a lot of things that, that really aren't going to impact on your health. And the Nobel Prize Committee uh, addressed this, and they said, well, it's, uh, it's rare, it's transient, uh, um, 
these young men recover quickly? Okay, it's not just young men. Uh, it's men and women. It's just that there's more young men that have the problem, be, perhaps because of testosterone. Oh, yeah. But uh, clinical myocarditis carries something in the range of a 15% five-year mortality rate if it's viral myocarditis. And the propaganda from the CDC saying that, well, this is just transient and, and uh, it's of no particular importance because people get over it and there won't be long-term damage, you can tell that was a lie because there wasn't enough time for them to know mm. whether it was going to be associated with long-term damage. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, the cardiologists that I speak with tell me that uh, the ones that are you know, kind of being more frank and open that the uh, death and disease that is being observed after these clinical myocarditis cases post-inoculation are tracking more like viral myocarditis, which, as I said, has a very significant five-year mortality rate. That's mm -hmm. scary. Yeah, that is very scary. You know, and uh, I'm looking at the clock. We need to go for a quick break, but we're going to pick this conversation back up the second we get back on the air. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Robert Malone on One Life Radio. If you have to leave, you can find him at maloneinstitute.org. That's maloneinstitute.org or at R.W. Malone, M.D. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Follow us on social media at One Life Radio. Magnesium supports the health of nearly every system in the human body, yet it can be difficult to maintain healthy levels through diet or supplements. The ideal way to restore and maintain healthy magnesium levels is through your body's largest, most efficient organ of absorption, your skin. Be sure that your body is getting the magnesium it needs with Ancient Minerals, the number one recommended topical magnesium among health practitioners worldwide. Their lotions, highly concentrated magnesium oils, bath salts, and gels make it easy to get the daily magnesium you need to thrive. And the best part? Ancient Minerals is part of Envirometica, a name synonymous with quality and integrity. Learn more about magnesium and ancient minerals at Envirometica.com. In the fight against corruption, together we are stronger. Join me at the Children's Health Defense Second Annual Conference, Rise and Resist, in Savannah, Georgia, November 3rd through the 5th, and learn how to confront corruption in big pharma, big government, big tech, big food, and all the regulatory bodies who are influenced by big corporate interests. At Rise and Resist, you'll hear from the most influential health freedom activists in the world, including Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Children's Health Defense Chairman on Leave, Join the fight and remember, people over profits, truth over lies, courage over fear. Go to childrenshealthdefense.org to get your ticket. The Children's Health Defense Second Annual Conference, November 3rd through the 5th in Savannah, Georgia. I'll see you there. Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com. Contagiously positive, One Life Radio is back. favorite songs. 
Texas flood. I picked it out just for you, Dr. Malone. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> to Had to put a little Texas spin on this. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Dr. Robert Malone. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas, and I, on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. If you're just now joining us, Dr. Robert Malone is an internationally recognized scientist and is the original inventor of mRNA vaccination, DNA vaccination, and multiple nonviral DNA and RNA mRNA delivery technologies. He is also the author of the Wall Street Journal bestselling book, Lies My Government Told Me and the and the Better Future Coming, a guide that breaks down the lies about COVID-19 and sheds light on why we came to believe them. Uh, his website is maloneinstitute.org. That's maloneinstitute.org. Or you can find him on Substack, X, Truth Social, Gab Getter, and the handle is R.W. Malone, M.D. That's R.W. Malone, M.D. We were talking about the heart before we went to break and the potential damage that COVID vaccines have done to the heart. And uh, let's pick up that conversation where we left off, Dr. Uh, Malone. What else would you like our listeners to know about the COVID-19 vaccines and potential uh, injury or damage from them? On the heart. Well, during the break, you were talking about the sudden death. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, the work of Ed Dowd and so many others all over the world now are documenting excess all-cause mortality. That's a big bunch of words. What it means is that normally people die at a certain rate. And are we seeing more people dying that we would normally predict? Well, the answer is yes. And it's a big problem for the insurance companies Mm -hmm. because these people that are dying suddenly and unexpectedly at large, you know, numbers greater than they should be, according to insurance actuarial tables developed over decades, um, that means they're taking a financial hit because they're having to pay out on death and disability claims. Mm -hmm. And paradoxically, the data on excess all-cause mortality, which may be the least contaminated data worldwide, show that it doesn't begin really during 2020 when we had some of the worst viral variants. It doesn't really happen so much even under Delta, but it really kicked off after they started deploying the vaccine campaigns. Mm -hmm. And so what is this uh, died suddenly or sudden death phenomena? And the best guess is that it's a combination of things. It could be the myocarditis because heart doesn't heal its scars. Myocarditis causes swelling of the heart, and there's various problems associated with swelling of the heart that can cause you to die suddenly. When the damage gets resolved, you can have uh, unusual electrical currents in your heart that can cause fibrillation, and that can kill you. But these products particularly with the spike protein and the height, they have higher levels of spike protein for a longer period than you get with a natural infection. And, uh, and they cause blood clotting. And blood clotting, abnormal blood clotting, like we're seeing with highly cross-linked rubbery clots, can break loose from your pelvis and swing up into your heart or into your lungs and kill you suddenly. Um, we can have blood clots that form or go into the heart that can cause myocardial infarction, which can kill you. And then we have stroke, which is another major complication. Uh, and, and these occlusive, occlusive strokes 
uh, which um, uh, can also kill you or disable you so that you find yourself in a coma like happened to my lawyer. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, you know, these things are happening at unusual rates right now in ages of people that normally they don't happen. And what's odd is this uh, willful ignorance where we're not following up on these things and asking what's going on and doing the autopsies, but rather all of that is being suppressed and uh, denied. Uh, And I think this is a real problem because it makes it so that people aren't able to get true information about what the risks are. And that's a central tenet in medicine historically, that humans have the right to inform consent, to really understanding what the risks are, both the risks of the virus and the risks of the products. And the risks of the virus have been inflated. And the risks of the, vi- of, the, of the products have been suppressed. And that's not okay. No, it's not. I have to ask you, you wrote a chapter about it in your book, Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming. Uh, is one of the lies that the government told me, is it the CDC? Did they indeed commit scientific fraud? I believe they have. And I also believe that the FDA has gone rogue mm. and is not following the law particularly in terms of emergency use authorization, and is not following their own internal rules. It seems that we've entered a time where anything goes. And in terms of the CDC, the withholding, intentional withholding of data and lying to the public, just like Tony Fauci's lies to uh, um, Congress that they were not engaged in funding gain-of-function research at the Wuhan labs, that's fraud. Mm -hmm. It is. And I got the signal we need to go for another break, but it's our last one. And then we'll be right back. More coming up with Dr. Robert Malone, everyone, the future of mRNA vaccines. Stay tuned. You are listening to One Life Radio. You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at oneliferadio.com. Protecting your health can get pretty complicated these days. And if you're like me, you have a counter full of supplements and it can be exhausting. I think most of us like to keep things simple. I know I do. That's one of the things I like about Cardio Miracle. It's a comprehensive heart and health supplement with over 50 ingredients and antioxidants, including organic beets, carrots, coconut, pineapple, and raspberries, combined with the best amino acids, such as L-arginine, L-citrulline, and L-ornithine. These ingredients work together synergistically to promote and sustain the body's natural production of nitric oxide. Our body is amazing, and it's important to remember that it wants to be healthy. By giving it natural and bioavailable nutrients, it can keep all of our different systems in shape, and it will work in the background to achieve a better level of overall health while you go about living your life. So give it what it needs with Cardio Miracle. Find Cardio Miracle at CardioMiracle.com. That's CardioMiracle.com. The ecosystems of the body and the earth are inseparable. Gut health is the foundation of all health. And just as biodiversity is integral to the health of the earth's ecosystems, microbial diversity and balance are key to the health of your gut microbiome. I have been taking Enviromedica probiotics for over six years now, and I encourage you to try them as well. 
Rewild Your Gut with spore-based probiotics and wild-harvested prebiotics. Visit Enviromedica.com and check out all of their excellent products. Get reconnected to the earth with Enviromedica. That's Enviromedica.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry and Marie. And we have Dr. Robert Malone continuing on with us live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We're talking about the future of mRNA vaccines. Dr. Malone, during the break, Marie asked you the question, should any of us be getting vaccines? And your response was? So, at the outset, and for a long time, I thought, and I wrote uh, op-eds with Peter Navarro in the Washington Times, that we should just be focusing these vaccines on the people that need them most, uh, people with diabetes and obesity and the elderly. Unfortunately, those are the same people that have more adverse events from the vaccines themselves, quote-unquote, vaccines. Mm-hmm. And so with any drug, it's important to assess what the benefits are and what the risks are and what those are relative to each other. And when you perform a risk-benefit analysis stratified by age, for instance, or condition, what you find is that it's still upside down, that there are more risks to the uh, these vaccine products than there are. Uh, are associated with the virus in the same age brackets. So it just ends up not making sense. And so for the over a year now, I've been advising that these products should be withdrawn from the market and that there's no justification in the data to support the continued use, particularly since they're not working. Mm -hmm. They are uh, absolutely not providing robust protection against infection, uh, replication, spread, disease, or death um, with these products for a virus that never really was that severe, that much of a threat. Mm -hmm. Um, The 3.4% case fatality rate was a lie. Uh, Mr. Trump, early on, got it right, you know, surprisingly, the risk of death is well less than 1%, particularly in children. It's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent. Mm-hmm. So there, there, if you just if you were objective about the data, you can't justify it. Uh, but this has become so politicized that everybody's gotten tribal about it. And it seems almost impossible for people to objectively look at the data. But that's my opinion, is the risk-benefit risk-benefit. Uh, ratio just doesn't justify using it in any population right now, particularly since the uh, vaccines aren't really protecting. There's evidence that it makes it more likely over time that you will get infected and get to the hospital if you take these products. Mm -hmm. And uh, the virus isn't that deadly. Yeah. 
You posted on your social on Substack uh, something that's quite interesting. Uh, Walgreens and CVS employees are staging walkouts across the country, citing stressful and unsafe work environments, specifically management's increased focus on vaccinations. One Walgreens technician told CNN that they are now uh, that they now spend their entire day in the quote shot room jabbing arms, and that's one of the things that's driving them absolutely bonkers. They said uh, the fact that management cares way more about us giving vaccines than anything else. So are vaccines that profitable for these companies, Dr. Malone? And how are they getting paid for the free COVID and flu vaccines? Apparently, they are that profitable. And uh, there's all kinds of federal programs that have subsidized these uh, various behaviors on the part of corporations and hospital chains. Uh, we wrote another substack where we detailed the uh, incentive program that was given to hospitals and medical providers having to do with uh, really the result was the overcalling of death from COVID when it was really anybody that was PCR positive that was die- that died was claimed to have died of COVID because there was financial incentives from the government. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I haven't run to ground what federal agency and program is now subsidizing these inoculations. And, but uh, supposedly for most people, they're having to pay out of pocket um, or their, I guess their insurance agencies are covering it. And they're now charging something like 100 to 150 bucks a dose. Wow. For that. Well, and um, I wanna... So that means that Walgreens or CVS is getting you know, some fraction of that. Mm-hmm. And, the, and apparently it's enough that uh, they've changed their incentive structure to focus on trying to give the jabs. Yeah. I don't want to run out of time before we leave uh, everyone with some hope for the future and the better, and your book, Lies My Government Told Me, and the better future coming. But before we do, I want to ask you one quick question. The the, the RSV, flu, and COVID-19, um, like triple shot, like all three at once, bad idea? Yes or no? Yes, I believe it is a bad idea. <laughs> I believe it's likely to overwhelm people's immune systems. Uh-huh. And, you know, we didn't talk about the turbo cancer signal oh, that's yeah. starting to crop up. But um, there's a lot of information, not the least of which is the biology of pseudouridine, what the Nobel Prize is awarded for, is intrinsically immunosuppressive. And uh, turning off the immune system is a bad idea in a lot of different ways. And I fear that these products that include all three are going to basically reduce and result in much higher doses. Yeah. And much higher doses are going to result in more immunosuppression and more adverse events, mm-hmm. more myocarditis, more stroke, and we'll go down the line. Yeah. When you come back, we'll have to talk about the turbo cancer. Uh, uh, there was a medical doctor and a scientist who's a good friend of mine who told me about it over a year ago. He and his colleagues were discussing it before it was even out on, you know, out in mainstream media. Of course, they're not really covering it either. But so, Dr. Malone, do we have a better future coming <laughs> before we wrap this up? We, we do if we pay attention and we get engaged. And the key message here is that you can choose to be a victim or not. And remember, victimization is a big part of the whole woke agenda. Mm. Don't be don't allow them to define you as a victim and start trying to find ways to build community, strengthen community. Remember that it's often communities of faith that have maintained their connections that have been the most resistant to the psyops 
and and the kind of hypnosis that's been uh, moved forward here, you know, the mass formation psychosis, mm-hmm. that's been resistant by people that have maintained community. And if this gets us all to a point where we're more able to see through the propaganda, more resistant to the manipulation and the psyops, and more committed to community, then I think we can have a better future. I love that message. And what a great way to end the show. The music is playing. I thank you so much for your time today and graciousness for jumping on the air with us. I can't wait to have you back. Thank you again. Dr. Malone, everyone, I encourage you to go to his website, maloneinstitute.org, or all of his social at RW Malone MD. Thank you again, Dr. Malone. Thanks. Be good. Oh, yeah, I will. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yes, I'm a good girl. All right. You get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life. Be good, everyone.